Yo, we're back. Episode 11, In Off the Bench. We've got Randy and Jim. I am Daniel, Keeper of the Peace. Episode 11 is going to be titled, I Can Taste It. Boys, we can taste baseball, we can taste basketball, we can taste some hockey right around the corner. Hopefully we can hold off um, from the virus another couple weeks so we can start seeing some action. Jim, just left Tampa, got back home. How you feeling, man? Feeling fully refreshed. A week in Florida is good for the spirit. Hanging out with you is good for my mindset. You know, after last week's podcast where I absolutely murked it, I'm now ready to go to continue a run of just giving everyone amazing content. So, so I take it you your your picks won the vote in a major landslide. You know, shout out to Mister Bourbon who or which gave me the influence to make such great picks. Wouldn't been able to do it without that. Shout out to Miss Knight, bro. Shout out. While we're throwing shout outs out there. He's what, still I mean, bitter about that, Randy. He, he still thinks y'all y'all had the longest friendship. Mm-mm. It's just in his mind, bro. He ain't ready for this. I know. We couldn't even make it three minutes in before Miss Knight got brought, brought out. Like, come on. We now. shouldn't have made it 30 seconds in. The disrespect. I know. We, we got to do better. Got to do better. Randy, I see, I see you drinking out of that Tennessee Vols glass. That's right, man. You ready for some ball action or what? I'm ready, man. You know, it's uh, uh we got a lot of uh, activity around it. Uh, Philip Fulmer put out a statement over the weekend that was, you know, following the steps, basically, you know, stay inside unless you have to go out. But if you do go out, wear a mask. And I think there was another step. And the fourth step was show up at Neyland Stadium, you know, September the 5th or 6th or whatever. So he's they're planning to have fans in the stands. Wow. We'll see. I mean, it's, stadium's big enough. They could social distance everybody and still have a good number of people there. But yeah, uh, I agree. But tonight, gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna focus on baseball, basketball, and hockey. They're the three sports on the horizon. We're gonna lead off with baseball. Um, Jim, talk to us about baseball. I know you've been doing a lot of research, looking at some articles. What's the timeline look like for baseball? All right, so it started with just this week already. They had to have their 60-man pools in. And so these are obviously the guys that they are going to pull their rosters from. They actually normally have to start with a 26-player roster. They are going to get to start with 30 players and each week take players and cut them off there to get down their final roster. Everything will be sped up, but they are given – a little bit of leniency out the gate. And then, of course, training camp will start July 1st, and the start of the season is July 24th. One of the notes to add is, you know, with everything sped up, the trade deadline will only be basically a month afterward, August 31st. I mean, do, do you even expect there to be any trades? I mean, with 60 games, like, baseball is one of those, like, we've – Feel it out. You got to have some time to get a rhythm and a routine, and then once you got it, you got to have some playing time. I just, I don't see there being a lot of trades after, you know, a month of playing. No, I don't think so either. And I think with some of these teams that are juggernauts, I think a lot of teams are going to be out of it and probably just count this season as 
it is what it was. Randy, given given the short season, we're looking at 60 games. Are you less excited, more excited, equally excited for 60 games? I'm excited just to see some sports. I mean, you know, I think everybody's been – it's going to be so different, you know, and it's a short stretch. Uh, obviously, 60 games sounds like a lot. I mean, you know, but compared, it's like 100 less games almost than a regular season. So, I don't know. I think that you're right on the trade thing. I don't know that we'll see a lot unless they already had some stuff in the works that they were just waiting on, you know, business to open back up. So, I'm excited to see it. And I think, you know, this is uh, unprecedented. We're going to see – youth is probably going to be a big step and those depth of those bullpens injuries are going to play a bigger role than ever before but i'm here for it yeah and the end date is the same as it basically always is starting where we are with only 60 games it's ending september 27th so it's going to be all about october as usual well you think about it like one big injury derails the season i mean you know from from a from a pitching standpoint you know you go out there and garrett cole gets hurt day one i mean that that puts a huge damper Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you got to be incredibly deep uh, for 60 games, especially I mean, when all of your division games, I think you're playing each divisional team 10 times. Like all of those games are going to be super important. And then um, as we break it down, it's they're going to play geographically. So the interleague games that the AL East would play would be against the NL East and then it would do the same for each for the Central and the West. You know um, what I'm most excited about or most interested to see? As I was reading some of the rules today, right? Oh, that extra innings. Extra innings rule is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, that slow pitch softball rule where a guy starts off on second. But, no, my one that I'm so interested in seeing is no high fives, no fist bumps, no butt slaps, no spitting, no hugging, none of that. No dog pile when they win. How are they going to regulate this? And what's going to be the consequences if they do it? Well, I'll tell you right now, my son's Little League team, and they finish games, it is a uh, wave of the cap. And it, it even for Little League, it just it's hard. And these kids don't even understand it, right? They only know to go over and give fives. And so, you know, you talk about these guys, even though they're not kids, they've been doing this for X amount of years and the way that they know it. And like you said, celebrating, you're used to, you know, everybody going crazy and, and jumping in the dog pile, and you can't do any of that. I mean, if if my team wins the World Series. I'm like, dog piling. Dog piling. I don't care. I'll, it'll be worth the coronavirus. Like, I, at that point, what are you going to do, find me? You're going to suspend me? Hey, he's staying consistent. He said if the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl uh, and he had to risk getting coronavirus to be there, he would. All day, all day, without question. Um, 60 games, is that enough to to tell us who the best is, Jim? Yeah, I think it is. But it does hurt some teams because researching a lot of the teams today, there are teams that have these weird things about them, like the Oakland A's, for instance, that start slow every year. I can actually, you know, attest to that last year when I went to a game at the Coliseum, and they were in dead last. And then that same place was hosting a wild card game. So teams like that, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt them. But for the best teams with the most talent, they should be able to roll this in 60 games. If they, don't, if they can't get it together, some of these rosters I've looked at with the talent they have, then, I mean. Yeah, I, 
I've always thought that the baseball season could be a lot shorter. 60 games to me is a little light. Uh, I'd like to see closer to 100. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting with the 60 games because every game is going to be that much more important. You can't drop divisional games, and you're not going to be able to drop interleague games. So you're going to have to have teams like like complete uh you know, one right. to nine, swinging the bat, everybody throwing strikes, getting out. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited. This is going to be some really, really good competitive, probably, I would say probably 10 or 15 games into the season, you're going to see some really good baseball. Um, yeah, we, if you got your 100 games, what, you, what would you do? Let's say you were able to make it. We were at the start of the season like normal 100 games. Would you start the season later? Would you have more days off? Would you end it earlier? How would you go about that? With 100 games, I would just put um, – I think I – it's hard to say because I don't know the financial piece to TV contracts and, and travel. But what I do know is I think with baseball is the day in, day out, you get a lot of injuries, you get a lot of wear and tear, you get a lot of guys sitting um, during certain games. I think if you – cut the travel time, give them another off day throughout the week, and maybe do shorter series, then I think you, you can make it more competitive. But because you're going to get all of the right players or all the big-time players playing more frequently because uh, they're going to have that extra rest day in between. Um, gotcha. Because I was just curious because if this goes well – I mean, it's, obviously, you know that they won't keep it at 60, but there is a chance because you're one of a lot of people who would like to see it shortened. I believe Randy no does chance. as well. Yeah, I do want to see it, but no chance. No chance that the union – they'll never agree on that. No, they – the way the pay structure is, I think that that 162 games is, is, is money for them. Yeah, it's too uh -huh. much money as, as far as stadium income and all that stuff, and – you know, you could you'd have to prorate the salaries, and who's giving who's giving up the money, the owners or the players? I mean, it's going to be both. But how do you decide the share, the TV contracts, the ratings? Yeah. You know, they get paid on that. I just I, that's I don't see it ever happening. One of the things that I I foresee going away is the pitchers hitting in the National League. I think that's going to thank God. I think this is kind of the end of that. And I got I got a funny story about this. The last live baseball game I went to, I saw the Nationals play the Braves. And Steven Strasburg was pitching for the Nationals. And before the game started, I was like, man, I wish they would get rid of National League pitchers hitting. And sure enough, he had a home run, a triple, <laughs> a single, and then he had more RBIs and runs scored than the Braves did the whole night. So, like, it shows yeah. you what I know. It's an um, anomaly, though. His batting average is, like, 160. Yeah. But I've been a part of that, too. I've been at Bush Stadium when Wainwright hit a grand slam. So, it is cool because it's such an anomaly when pitchers do great that when they do hit, it's awesome. <clears throat> hey, how about this? I got a question for both of y'all because I was, I was listening to the radio today on uh, the, a drive, the drive-in, and – they were asking Buster only, you know, what are the chances that this actually starts? And he said, I'd give it 5%. I said, okay, well, what are the chances that it finishes? He said, zero. There's no chance they're going to finish this season. 
So, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, you think we're, we're on, it's on? Do you think we're going to start up and stop? Or will we ever start? I think if they don't start on time, they're not going to start at all. And the more they push it back, the more you're going to start seeing guys like, like Zimmerman today just saying, I'm not going to play. I mean, well, I, I got plenty of money. Like, I don't have to play. The contrast to that was when they asked Brian Windhorst the same exact question, you know, because the timelines are really similar for the NBA and MLB. He said, you know, what do you think the odds are starting? He said 100%. What do you think the odds are we end with an NBA champion? He said 90%. So the contrast is great. I mean, what we're seeing. Me personally, because I'm going to be optimistic, I think they're both going to start and they're both going to finish. I do think we'll have some positive tests along the way. But obviously, the NBA has a better chance of finishing because they're in the so-called bubble, even though it's like a mesh bubble. That and they've already played three-fourths their season. So, I mean, they're going to try to finish. Yeah. I, I don't know how you say there's a 100% chance of starting the season and then there's only a 90% chance of getting a champion. Like, that seems a yeah, little Yeah, we were talking about Tim Duncan but... earlier, Randy. You know, there were some people saying that you'll have an asterisk next to your title if you win this year, you know, with all the circumstances. And when people say Tim Duncan has five championships, I've never heard any of them say, well, one was that lockout year. Like, nobody does that. No. Uh, It won't matter to me. Yeah. Whatever whatever said about Tim Duncan is irrelevant because – He's a winner. Like he's a, he's a good dude. He puts it all out on the court, and I mean he's got yeah. So if LeBron some, some gets that ring this year, nobody no. If LeBron gets that ring this year, they were number one when this all started. They they were clear cut the favorite uh, in the West, and so if they were to win, nobody's gonna sit there and say, "Well, LeBron got it because there was a pandemic." That's just stupid shit. Yeah, I mean people it's, people will say it. LeBron's like the most polarizing NBA player of all time, but you're right, it's stupid. It's it's extremely stupid. And if the Grizzlies win, they're the champs. <laughs> well, if the Grizzlies win, then people are going to be all over LeBron because that's good. more than likely that's the first round matchup we're looking to see. We can hope. We can only hope. So let's let's finish up baseball. Geographically, these guys are going to be playing. So you got the AL East will play ten games with every team in the AL East and then they'll play the rest of their games with the NL East, followed by the Central, the AL Central and NL Central doing the same, and the AL West and the NL West doing the same. When I look at the East in both leagues, this is like murderous row of, like, we're just going to beat each other up all, like, all year. I mean, you've got – the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Rays, you've got the Nationals, the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, the Marlins. I mean, it, it, it's, there's not an off night. Even the Orioles and the Blue Jays, um, the Marlins to an extent, but like all these, these guys, like it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good battle, interleague play, but I'm really, interested to see how the Rays do. Um, Notoriously, I think they are deep. They have bullpen. They have good starters. It's just a matter, can they hit the ball and score runs? Um, And can they win enough games in this gauntlet of teams to put them in the top five? 
Um, I think they do. I, I would definitely say the Rays have a really good shot. I know the odds are with them to do that. I think the Yankees are probably the favorite, um, as always. And then if I look down in the NL uh, East, I think the Braves are, are right there and the Nationals are there. But I think some people are sleeping on the Phillies. I got the Phillies running things. So You got yeah. it. I got the podcast episode to prove it. That is his dark horse. My dark horse, the Phils. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I just I think there's not a single game that, unless it's the Marlins versus the Blue Jays, where I'm not going to be excited about those interleague matchups. Jim um, or Randy, talk to me about the, the Central. You got your team in the Central, our team in the Central. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So when you're breaking it down with East, Central, and West, I think the Central is the weakest from top to bottom. But it is where my team resides, so shout-out to the Cardinals. Shout-out. Where our team resides. Uh, you know, I went down, and I'm, I'm looking at the divisions, and, you know, you, it's always the same thing when they're going to play the Cubs a bunch, the Reds and the Brewers and the Pirates. But a lot of people are picking the Reds to be the sleep because they got a lot of young talent, up and coming. But I just don't see it. I just ain't seeing it. And then, you know, you're looking in the Central – the Twins, the Indians, White Sox, Royals, Tigers. I just, I mean, I, I think the Twins are really the only team in that division that I think can make any noise. Uh, but, I mean, I got the Cardinals winning the division. But I think between them, the Cubs, and the Brewers, it's going to be like it has been forever, that three-team race, and the Cardinals are going to sneak it out. Yeah, I think the the Cardinals – I mean, they're they're the team. I mean, they're our team. I, it's hard to – there's not a team in the NL Central that scares me um, when we're talking about 60 games and being very deep. Um, very what deep you got, on the defensive side, too. Well, I mean, what you guys – when we talk about opening, expanding a roster up to 60 players, yeah, only 30 of them are going to be on the bench. But let's say three or four guys end up getting sick. Like, it's next guy up. Like, we got – plenty of guys developmentally that can fill voids and play at a high level. Um, I agree. And, and I'm sure the other teams are, are, are stacked to some extent like that, but I do know that the Cardinals farm system is one of the best in baseball. So I, you, you can't count, you can't discredit that. Um, the AL Central is, I mean, between the Indians and the Twins, I think it'll be a, uh, a shootout, but I think the Twins are, are, are ready. They've put themselves over the past couple of years in a good position to, to do something. So this might be their year. Um, are they deep enough to go further than the playoffs? I mean, that, that'll still be um, up for grabs, and we'll still see about that. But Hey, one, one quick thing. We're going back to where, where you're, you were talking about the East. You still got the Nationals making noise even after the announcement today with their, you know, Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross saying they're going to come out. Or those guys being leaders of the team, is it going to be like a domino effect? Are we going to see other Nationals? You know, they lost Rendon, which is a huge, huge loss. So, I don't know if I'm buying the National stock. The guys they have on the mound are too good. Like they're going to keep you in games. True. I mean, and we're not talking about guys that are going to give up five or six runs a game. We're talking about guys that are going to hold you scoreless or maybe one or two runs a game. And that's plenty of support to, to squeeze into a three. Hey, listen, shout out Jack Flaherty's winning the Cy Young. Just throwing that out there. Hey, if he keeps throwing smoke, 
but if you're going to talk about pitching staff. Shout out to his mama, though. <laughs> if, if we're going to talk about pitching staff in a 60-game stretch, then you can't count out the Mets if we're going to go there. I Agreed. Mean, yeah, I mean, but the Mets are the Mets. I mean. They can't score runs. Nope. Hey, I mean, but he is still getting paid, right? Jim just likes – he just though. likes Thor, though. That's all – he's just down yeah. for him, man. So, Jim, talk to us about the West. All right. So, before I go into the West, I wanted to touch on something I should have said earlier because you brought up the odds. Vegas odds, Dodgers are one, Yankees are two. Twins and Astros are notched at three and four. And then the Rays are five. So, when you brought up the Rays, just wanted to throw out who Vegas has. But Shout out. Shout out to the coronavirus. The best thing that happened for the Houston Astros. <laughs> Shout out. All right. Well, they're going to get talked about here in a second. I guess I'll just lead off with them dudes because nobody really likes them. But their talent is undeniable. Still got Gringy and Verlander. Uh, McCullers had a fantastic year last year. And you got Asuna and Relief. But when you go through their lineup, I mean, this is stupid. Altuve, Brantley. Bregman, Reddick, Correa, Springer, it's loaded. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Daniel, we, we said that they would, on the over-under, they'd get beamed 100 times. Can that still happen? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that, would, um, that would be great if they still met that number. That's over. It's over, over one a game, so it'll be tough to hit 100, but I'm – I'm down to see that. Let's prorate it to 37% like their salaries. Oh, yeah. oh, I got you. All right, but yeah, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be there. It is what it is, regardless of if they're cheaters or not. They do have the talent in a shortened season, like we're talking about, and they played together. So this this isn't a new roster form together. Uh, the A's is interesting because me and Daniel talked about them a lot, especially because of the way them and the Rays you know, have the low salary um, structure in their teams. And, you know, these, these teams are, are really just about the right guys and chemistry and finding ways to win. And the A's do not have the bullpen that the Rays have. And they also, when it, when it looked back and they were showing the statistics, the last three or four years, they've started off so slow. So a lot of people are not picking them. And I'm not going to pick them simply because there's another team in the division that's really got a chance to shine because of the way coronavirus fell. So Shohei Otani was going to be on a limited inning count. Thank no you. Longer. That's, the, that's the, dark, the dark horse of the West, baby. And so he will no longer be on that count. He will be, he will be pitching, and then he will be DHing when he is not. Griffin Canning, who I'm not just too familiar with, I've read a lot about him. He would have missed the first half of the season. Supposedly, he's going to be a big deal. Now he will not be missing anything. And then, as Randy mentioned earlier about Rendon, that is his landing spot. And so, to pick him up, put him in a lineup with the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. What a Short season. Angels are in the outfield. They're, they're, going to, they're going to find their way in the playoffs along with the Astros out of the West. As far as the rest of the team, uh, it's just not looking good for the Mariners and the Rangers. Ken Griffey's not coming back any soon for the Mariners. Uh, NL West, what's, what's to talk about with the Dodgers, right? Like, I was looking at this roster, and I kind of, like, laughed out loud. Like, this is stupid. 
like, is it real? So, you know, obviously, you know, the pitchers with Kershaw and Price and, and Bueller came off a 14-4 and four season. But when you're looking at the batting lineup, and I was just looking at the outfield alone, it's like you were just talking about got next man up, Daniel. They can have two or three outfielders go down. It's really not going to Mook. They got Mookie in there. A.J. Pollock, is, I think he's a very underrated player. But, you know, Bellinger, Jock, I know we all we all love Jock, whether he goes and hits slumps or not. He's got, he's got that swag. I don't like anybody on the Dodgers. I just want to put, point that out. Bullshit. When we watched the home run derby way back when, we were watching together. We were messing each other. You were all about Jock. Well, then he put on – then I saw him, and he was playing against the Cardinals, and I hated him again. <laughs> but they got Seager, Turner, Muncy. It's basically an all-star team. There's no way they're not going to be there. And I went through all the rosters in the NL West, and I just wasn't – I wasn't seeing much. And when we're talking about earlier, we're talking about the NL East. Uh, I think they're definitely getting two spots, could even take three of the spots. So I just don't think there's room for anybody else other than the Dodgers. So out of the West, we got the Dodgers and then the Angels and the Astros in the American League. And one guy I did want to highlight going back to the A's that I did have the privilege of seeing hit a couple bombs that I will look forward to watching for the A's is Chapman, the dude's a stud. True, true, true. So switching gears, any any last comments on baseball before we head into the, the bubble, the players' lounge of the NBA? <laughs> so, Jim, you know you know it the best. What's the timeline for NBA? What are we looking at here? All right, so they got that July 31st start. They got the postseason set for August 12th, and it's going to all wrap up fast, and they even got the draft set for October 8th. But like he was talking about with Brian Windhorst and everything, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of these guys and, and watching – what they're saying on social media, I'm not seeing anybody who's doubting this thing is happening now. So I think July 31st is, is solid. They're starting. And guys are already down there. Um, some of them are already down there. Some of them practicing elsewhere. Some of them are even breaking rules, um, getting together when they really aren't supposed to be because they want to play. Absolutely. So these guys get down there. They have this player's lounge, which is, I mean – essentially anything and everything as a player you could ever want. Randy, are they missing anything? Man, not from what I've seen. I mean, I think that people, it's easy for us to say, man, these guys got it all from, you know, spa days to video games to all that. But, I mean, for a lot of these teams, man, it's a long time to spend in a, in a, in a bubble away. I, I can't wait to see the drama behind all these Twitter reporters when somebody either breaks in or breaks out. I can't wait. Absolutely. I mean, I I find it, it funny that these guys are just – it just seems like they're just going to play video games and, like, ice their feet. That's what it seems like to me. They're going to rehab and play video games all day. Well, now, to I, touch back on the last dance, you know, when he was talking about them being around gambling – and I referenced this in, to the way that they're going to be quarantined to the way we were when we were in Iraq. All we did was gamble in our off time. I think there's going to be a lot. Yeah, they'll be probably playing ping pong tournaments for money. How many is there – are they having a lounge at every resort, or is there one lounge that they can all go to? 
I don't know the answer to that. Do you, Randy? I don't know the answer to that either, but it seems a little bit counterproductive if you got one lounge and all every, all 22 teams are kicking it together. Yeah. So what lounge would have the most money in it? James Harden's, because that means there's strippers. <laughs> no strippers allowed. How many strippers are, are headed to Orlando just trying to, like, figure out a way to get in them bubbles, man? All they got them. buses going from Atlanta to Orlando, as we yeah. speak. They're all going to stop, yeah, on their way to Miami, where they usually go. Yeah, James Harden's manager is, is setting that up for everybody. That's right. Absolutely. And will Michael Jordan be in attendance? Oh, damn, that's right. This team sucks. <laughs> So, the remaining games. Jim, talk to me about the remaining games. Who, who's got the, the easiest stretch and who's got the hardest stretch? All right. So, I hate saying this first one with both my fellow Grizz fans in here, but the Pelicans by far, and I don't think I'm saying anything that people don't know, have the easiest schedule. I would say then the Magic which means they're going to secure up their spot in the East. I don't think uh, Washington was going to catch them anyway. And then you and I can like hearing this, but the Kings do. Brooklyn and Utah, those are the five teams I had at the easiest. But, I mean, it was clear-cut runaway, the Pelicans and the Magic, which are a big, a big deal for, obviously, teams trying to jockey at the end of the, the East. And then for teams like the Grizzlies, and the Kings and the Spurs at the back of the West. So, Randy, let me ask you this. Do you think the NBA, like, are they pushing for the Pelicans? Is, is, is that what they want? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, probably, but that's not what the schedule's about. When you look back at the Pelicans' remaining schedule before the pandemic, they had the easiest schedule anyway. So they had 18 games left. 15 were against teams 500 and below. So this isn't anything new. I mean, you know, they do have the easiest schedule. If you look at it opponent win percentage-wise, they're the only team who who has a below 500 opponent winning percentage, you know, as their average. So, Which is amazing considering you've got 22 teams all the that are in the teams. playoff line. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but they're going to play the Grizzlies a couple times who are under 500, right? So, I mean, that kind of puts it in I there. think they had the Spurs a couple times in there, too, which we've already talked about with Aldridge being on. That's a, I mean, that should be a gimme. So, when I – when I look at the Grizz schedule, I don't think it's too bad. I think they're going to have a stretch of Utah and Oklahoma City, Toronto. It, that's going to be tough. But once they get to Toronto, Toronto may not even need to win or lose. It may not even matter for them. Same thing with the Celtics and same thing with the Bucks. Like scenario. Daniel was just spitting so much bullshit the uh, the – freeze frame went on them because they don't even believe you. You don't even know it, but we didn't hear you for 20 seconds. Well, I'll say it again. I mean, you got a win against Portland, a win against San Antonio. I, I think they'll beat New Orleans, but let's say they lose. Let's say they lose to Utah. Let's say they lose to Oklahoma City. I don't see a reason why they can't beat Toronto. I don't see a reason why – they can't beat Milwaukee at the end of the season. I think, I think they win four of those eight games, and they at least have a play-in game. I, I don't. 
Well, let me let me ask y'all. Looking at that Utah game, you know, Rudy Gobert has got to be an idiot. We obviously all know what he did prior to, but for him to come out and say he's still feeling sick, you know, that's stupid. Like, even if that's one hundred percent true, so you got guys you're fixing to be playing with that don't want to hear that at all. Well. I mean, I had, that's how the guy feels. Um, I don't know if he was one of the people that was on Kyrie's team when it came to voting and, and giving their opinion about this, but, I mean, he's the first guy that can say anything because he's the one who shut everything down. <laughs> right, but he already caused drama within his own locker room. That's what I'm saying. I would have just – I would have kept that within my team. I would have talked to him personally. I wouldn't have put that out publicly. Uh-huh. True. You know, when you go through, they're talking about the easiest. I was running through the opponent win percentage, and it, for easiest, from we're gonna it's the Pelicans, Philly, Brooklyn, Boston, and the Clippers. So for Boston and the Clippers, it doesn't even matter. Like they, I mean, they could go zero and eight, and it doesn't. I don't really think that matters. Well, to your point, go ahead. No, that, I didn't do strictly win percentage. I saw that. I did that because of the very things that you and Daniel were talking about. I, I accounted for where I thought teams weren't going to play on the yeah, back Yeah, I end. agree. I, I was just talking about the opponent win percentage. So, And then on the hardest, Toronto having the hardest schedule uh, from opponent win percentage, I mean, that you know, Toronto, Miami, the Lakers, Denver, Portland, it doesn't even matter. But like you said, I went through a lot of scenarios just looking at their schedule. The Grizzlies could really go two and six, and somebody's got to get hot to pass them. Three and five puts them in the driver's seat to at least get to the – they would have to literally go 0 and 8. And you know, have the Pelicans go what is what would be five and three, you know, to mm -hmm. time, and they're still playing a playing game, and then they have to be beat twice. So I, I think the Grizzlies are in a hell of a good spot. Yeah, and yeah, I saw I, the same I, thing on the Raptors, and I thought to myself, tell the Celtics, you're not playing for nothing. They're not going to try to catch them as a two. So I thought the same thing. It really didn't matter. It actually might help them to gear up for the playoffs by playing uh, if they actually try in those games. Yeah, that that was my big question to you, Randy. Was I mean, there's a lot of shit being talked about the Grizzlies schedule, but I, I don't see it being that big of an issue. Like, I, I, I think they're playing the teams that they need to play to get them prepared. And I think they're playing enough teams where they can they can do what essentially you really want, and that's to win yourself in. And, like, you dictate where you You control fall. your own destiny. And right. they don't play the Lakers or the Clippers. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know why anybody – I've seen some people on social media get upset about it. You know, oh, it's all always Memphis versus everybody. And I think that's just kind of our mantra in this city. And most of the time I do agree with it. But this, in this case, I don't think the Grizzlies got the shaft. I really don't. So, I was listening to Stephen A. this morning. Not the – Oh, boy. Not my most favorite person to listen to. But, I mean, well, he's good for, for controversy. But he did bring up something – something that was interesting is like teams like the wizards like are, are they why are they even there like that to me he so, was the, so the pelicans and their blazers could have a shot well it, it, but he's bringing up like valid arguments like that's just another group of people that can get other people sick and like shut this whole thing down so like that don't give a shit about making the playoffs. Right. They don't they, – they honestly, they don't care. I mean, I don't know how far back the Suns are, the Spurs are. Like, I mean, even to, like, the Nets. Like, the Nets, who do they have even playing? 
Well, at this point, I think they might just cancel because I just saw as we got on here, DeAndre Jordan's out, Spencer Dinwiddie. They, I mean, you know, the more uh, they, who's gonna play? They got to bring back KG and Wizards. Paul Pierce. They're gonna let the Wizards have their spot as we're talking about it. But no, the way it should have been done was go all the way back to when, um, you know, people didn't like it because Memphis was holding that eight spot. Obviously, Memphis liked it. But it should have just been the 16 teams that are there straight up. And I don't care who you pissed off. I know Adam Silver wanted to make everybody happy. But to your point, to eliminate the possible spread, it should have just been a 16-team period. So, any any last comments on NBA, Jim? Randy? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and follow up that prediction I had. I think it's going to be the Blazers and the Grizzlies playing in that playing game. And that's what I want to see ultimately because uh, I like watching Dame, even if it has to be in a loss. I want to see the Grizzlies play against him. Not, I'm not against Dion, but to me, I love watching Dame. Yeah. I think I, I think that's scarier than playing Zion, to be honest. Well, I, mean, I, I want to see the Pelicans. I, I love Dame. I love Dame Dollar. He'll wave bye-bye on you. But I want to see the Pelicans – and I think we're going to see a lot of it. I've talked about it before on this very podcast. Over the next five to seven years, we're going to see them a lot. And it has nothing to do with Zion. The guy's a tank. But they got Ingram and they got, you know, Ball. They got the, the most underrated point guard, if it's not Mike Conley, is Drew Holiday. They got a, they, their team is stacked. They're deep. That team, if they do happen to get in, they, they can push the Lakers. I'm not saying the Grizzlies can't, but the Pelicans and the Grizzlies both, they're not just going to – I don't think it's going to be a 4-0 sweep. Yeah, they're just they're not gonna get I mean, the only thing that I could see happening is just the stage being too big. But with no fans, like Yeah, you don't have really to go to LA. Takes, it really yeah, it really equalizes things. Um, you know, I do you wanna see the Pelicans because you're looking for a new like rivalry, or you just wanna see them because you think that that'll be the best matchup for the Grizzlies and like, from a talent standpoint, that's the best team that – if it ain't the Grizzlies, that's the best team that can push the Lakers? Well, I think that the Grizzlies have a better chance of beating the Blazers. Let's get that out there. I know Dame Dollar is, is – CJ McCullough, they got Nurkic, all that. I just think that top to bottom, the Pelicans are a better team. So, that's just from an entertainment standpoint, that's who I want to see. But who and, – and, and historically – the Grizzlies have kind of owned the Blazers. I mean, it's just kind of been what it is, even in the playoffs. And, you know, there was a couple years back where the guy said that uh, the Blazers don't lose to Spanish basketball players, and, and they got their ass whooped. You know, Marcus all had something to say about it. And we ain't letting it go here in the Bluff City because we don't bluff. Have you seen pictures of him, them pictures of how skinny that dude is? Yeah, man, I don't think he doesn't look very good, man. Kind of looks like that dude. Yeah. Uh, you seen that uh, Netflix documentary, 365 Days? Kind of looking yeah. like him. Wow. Marcus all definitely looks sick. He's been Maybe doing CrossFit just... in the middle of his street, laying on some barbells. <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> I've been secretly training him via Zoom. If you think it's hot in Tampa, go to Spain. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm hey, good. and so, you know, we had this talk and watch. It's going to be the Kings playing the Grizzlies. Just wait for it. Hey, I mean. I wouldn't be mad at it. Your, your boy is back. He's ready to go. I mean, I, why not? Why not? So, hockey. Jim, we got – do we have two hub cities yet, or are we still looking for a second? I think Vegas is pretty 
I don't have anything that I've read that said they're definitely like a hundred percent in, but I don't have anything saying that they're they're out. So I think they're the front runner to be a hub city, but they're still looking for one more. I mean, up to this point, we had uh, Vegas, Toronto, Edmonton, LA, and Chicago. Vegas being probably one of them, but of the other four, which what are we looking at? So I like the fact that where they're really looking for outside of the one in Vegas is Toronto. I like the idea of it. And the reason why is not that it's just in Canada itself and I associate hockey with Canada, but it's because of the very thing that we're talking about with this pandemic. And let me throw a number at you. On May 3rd, Canada reported 2,760 cases that day. If you want to know who's doing it right, it's Canada, because on June 28th, they reported only 218 cases. Obviously, a 2,500 person drop. So whatever they're doing there is working. And so for the safety of the players, I think it's an ideal spot. And then when you look at it, uh, Toronto specifically, because in Edmonton, uh, the mayor there said it was not a top priority. They they would consider it, but it's not a top priority, which tells me that's probably not them. Whereas Toronto not only wants to, but they have the facilities because they hosted the 2016 World Cup hockey staging, which held eight teams um, just when they did that. And they had the infrastructure with four ice rinks for practice. And there's even just down the way a 40-acre complex. So I think it's going to be Toronto. I think it's perfect. You have one in America. You have one in Canada. Um, you go where it's been. You know, they're, they're doing a good job of, of not spreading the virus. Randy, do you care? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not care. But for the sake of this podcast, I did do a little bit of research. And uh, to Jim's point, you know, in Toronto, even though they have a population of 14 million, they only had 34,000 cases since the pandemic began. That's less than 21 states in, in, in America. So to his point, they, they have done a better job at, um, you know, flattening the curve, as they call it. So I, everything that I've read says it's going to be Toronto and Vegas. I mean, a lot of that goes into it. We can talk about the health aspects, and yeah, that does matter. But at the end of the day, it's do you have the infrastructure? Do you have the hotel rooms? Do you have the places to play? And those two cities just make the most sense. Does, does Vegas? I mean, it's, it's a popular choice without question. But, I mean, they have a hockey team that is relatively new, so, why I wonder why Vegas was a choice. Is it just because? Because it's always a choice, DB. Always yeah. a choice. And we, you know what? We got to put a little bit of look. We got everybody needs to be out there to see the Roomba that the Raiders are about to play in. Hey, is it an outdoor stadium? That's what I need to know. Uh, I, I think you know. I think it's. I think it's one of those retractables. Shit, man! Of course it is. It's big time out there. It's big time. Any any last minute items for hockey before we move on? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I'm all in. I watch Mighty Ducks. I watch Miracle. Me and Randy are St. Louis Blues fans. He may not watch, but you know he'll jump aboard that train if they start winning. So let's go. Hey, this is the year for the Lightning. You heard it here. So let's wrap this thing up. Let's go around the horn, Jim. What do you want to news headlines life? What do you want to plug or promote? You know, I got to thinking about it when I said I wasn't prepared earlier, but I am, and you were there for this. 
we watch this thing called Home Game on Netflix, and they go through all these different countries and talk about these sports. And there is a sport that 100% caught everybody in the room's attention, whether it was Daniel's wife, my wife, my kids. And it, I'm probably going to butcher their pronunciation, but Calcio, Lorientio, I don't know. Anyway, here's what it basically is, though. It's an early form of football that basically combines, like, soccer, rugby, fucking MMA. And we watch this, and these guys, they don't play for money. They play for pride. It's played one time a year. It's like a little uh, – they didn't say how many teams, but a little mini tournament. And, like, it's so brutal that, like, if you play in the semifinals game, like, a lot of the guys were getting – it was showing it. They were getting injected with all these different drugs just so they could – hobble their ass out on the field for the championship and these dudes like half of them were enforcers beating the hell out of each other while the other fast guys were running around pulling juke moves and stiff arms and throwing a ball in the goal I was fascinated and even Daniel I believe him and Michelle they go back to Italy they are going to check this game out yeah I'm gonna plan my vacation around being able to go and see this because this was just absurd it's no rules. Dudes are over smoking on the bench and then going in the game. They were probably drinking as well. Like, they would have to be on something to even start this journey of playing this game. And it's all for pride. I mean, I love pride, and I'm prideful about a lot of things, but I ain't trying to get punched in the face. I ain't trying to get kicked in the face. I ain't trying to do all that for free. So you're going to have to pay me. Dude, Randy, I'm not kidding. They they threw the ball in the air, and the one dude never even looked at the ball. He went straight to the dude in front of him and absolutely cold cocked him. And I was like, mm -hmm. hell yeah. Mm. All right, Randy, what you got? So I couldn't, I narrowed it down. I got two things real quick. I got to give a shout out to my, one of my good friends, Raul. A lot of people since this uh, pandemic have sat around and, and, and gotten fat over the time, right? Well, my man, Raul has lost 80 pounds in the last 100 days. And uh, he did it, you know, by walking a lot and doing some cardio, flipping some tires even, no drinking for the last 117 days. Um, so just proud of him, man, proud of him. He shaved too. Man, looks like a totally different person. Uh, he also hosts a podcast. Check it out, Linked Up Podcast on Apple and all that stuff, him and uh, Anthony Martin. So check that out. But the main thing that I want to talk about today was I want to give a shout out to a couple of things. Shout out to, to my wife. This last weekend, uh, my daughter's birthday party was at my house. She wanted a stranger thing. So my wife literally went all out. We had caution tape. We had the upside down. We had the ABC all over the wall. If you guys watched it with the lights, the colored lights everywhere, had a slumber party. And shout out to the co-parenting thing. We had, obviously, me, my wife, and my kids. We had my ex-wife, her husband, her kids, my ex-mother-in-law, my ex-father-in-law, my mother-in-law now, my father-in-law now. So shout out to the whole weekend. My wife killed it. Then yesterday she had a uh, wedding shower for her cousin where she's the maid of honor. Killed that whole thing. So huge, huge weekend. Uh, can't thank her enough for all she does. Love you, baby. Nice. Wow. Wow. I got to follow up that. I know, like, damn, man, my wife listens to this. She's going to be like, why don't you ever say anything nice about me? Wow. Caught me on a good day. Get it. Get it while you can, man. So, hey, how's your husband-in-law doing? Well, I got to be honest. Jason, if you're listening to this, man, 
I don't, I don't think we should play Cornell no more until you kind of like, you know, get a little better, dog. I, I love you, but mm. you got to you gotta practice up, son. You're in the big ring. That's like like the Pelicans playing the Lakers first round. Champion ain't losing, baby. Hey, you better practice in bags. I <laughs> know. Shout out hey. shout out to my husband-in-law. And, and since we're talking about taking nails, I'm going to let Daniel have his, uh, his second here in a minute. But I played this man, look, Randy, I'm in the pool. Oh, well, what if up. this is his around the horn? This, this, is, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't. No, it ain't. Anyway, I'm in the pool getting a feel for the goal. I'm making everything. And then he's like, you ready? And so I give this man the ball, and he never even steps in the pool. He literally does, like, the two-footer, the four-footer, the hold eight-footer. On, hold on, he hold on, hold on. the world. I, I asked you. I said, do we have to be in the pool? Are we playing only in the pool? Or are we playing both in and out of the pool? You go. House rules, man. I said, all right. So hey, I took I took a beating. I didn't deny it, but this man, he he played me for a fool. This man went. I'm tall, I'm not kidding, Randy. He went the whole way around the pool. Never he, missed. It hurt. He ran the table as they said. I think he missed one. Oh, Dropping buckets. All right. So I got a couple things. I think just given. Everything that uh, has been talked about today, we have to at least mention Cam Newton. I put it out there that the Patriots were going to be in the playoffs and not the, not the Colts. And I said it was because they were going to pick up Cam Newton. So if you want to go back and listen to that podcast, please do. I'm on the record right there saying it. I still believe it to this day. We need to go back and listen to who they who said was going to win that division. Well, I mean, we I think we said Buffalo was going to win. I think all of us agreed that, but I don't know if I still I'm going to hold true to that. But I could easily see the Patriots winning it again. Randy, he's going to be right about the Patriots, but he's still going to be wrong about the Colts. Man, don't worry about that. Oh, no, no, no. I, look, everybody – look, we can tell you this. I had the Patriots. I kept saying I didn't believe in the Bills. I think I, I got peer pressured into picking them that night if I did. Well, the Colts, the Colts are going to win their division, man. Don't worry about it. They're running away with that division. DB's a hater, bro. He's going to mess around. The Giants are going to win that division. No chance. <laughs> no chance. I, I took it a little too far. If I had said the Eagles, I might have had something. Maybe. Maybe. But, hey, y'all already know how I feel. Dallas going to come to Tampa, NFC Championship, and then they're going to come back to Tampa for the Super Bowl. I mean, that's knowledge and wisdom and truth. I just need the little, the little shooting star that says, the more you know. <laughs> Shout out, Miss Knight. Shout out to Miss Knight. The, I was looking at Twitter, and I just wanted to bring this up, Jim. Um, being a military veteran, how do you feel about trying to become allies with a country that is trying to put bounties on your troops? Well, that's Ashton, obviously. And now I need to know what you're talking about. So when in the midst of trying to build a relationship with Russia, when we were moving out of Afghanistan, the Russians were moving in to try to like, and they were paying their guys to take out our 
U.S. soldiers. And I, I don't know the, the depth of this, but I know that it's trending on Twitter right now. And there's a lot of people that are on both sides of the fence here, but, you know, not to get too political, like Russia is, has been at the forefront of controversy for the past four years. Like, I, is there anything that you've witnessed in your military career that's anything similar to that or anything that or anyone or any country or any one thing that's provided that much controversy in such a small amount of time? I mean, well, first, to, to not go too deep, but within regards to Russia themselves, um, stuff that I can say now that I couldn't have said then through uh, security briefings is when I was going through sonar school, most of the submarines that we were tracking that had a lot of technology were Russian made and they were sold to basically every country that we weren't friends with, um, including China. And then when in regards to when I went to Iraq and Iran was given weapons to Iraq, they were getting their technology from Russia. So um, they've always been assholes and they've always been, you know, doing things behind our back so i would never trust them in regards to anything nor be their ally but yeah i mean a lot of so you watch any of these any of these shows right that seem like they're fictional about things that go on with these countries um plotting against america they're maybe fictional but there's so much truth to them it's amazing like we can't even fathom the things that are taking place i wouldn't trust anyone and i'm not trying to be some pessimistic person or scared person but like everyone for the most part is out to to better themselves and to get you in the process if they can what do you what do you think the percentage of information that isn't being told to us on a secretive level what 10 percent or more probably at best i mean I'm just going to give you a little taste of the information just enough so you can start letting your mind run away with it it's crazy crazy scary too um hey one more thing get it speaking it's kind of sports related how quick did mississippi jim's home state change that flag when the ncaa said we're taking the money away from you oh see now you shouldn't open that up because i'm actually not going to get negative i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a shout out now i gotta go again I did it on Facebook, but so these players who signed with Mississippi State or Ole Miss who either play in there now or played there in the past are bad-mouthing these universities, right? And I don't understand it because that flag was there when they played there. But then you got a guy like Jonathan Banks, who I had the privilege of hanging out with a couple of times. You know, he won the Thorpe Award. He played for Daniels Bucks. Um, great guy. And he said he was thankful to be from Mississippi. He was thankful for Mississippi State and everything they'd done for him and then simply just asked him to change the flag afterwards. But he did not badmouth the state or his school. And I don't understand why you can't go that approach while these players are coming out and acting as if the university specifically did something wrong. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a part of history, and whether it's right or wrong, I don't know if it's the university's fault or anybody's fault i mean if, if that was the case then like the presidents that we had are are assholes no matter what good or bad that they did i mean but, but they're, saying costs, they're punishing the universities for something that the state did 
they all they had to do was come out and do just like he did and request that hey if i'm going to stay at this university or if you're not somebody who plays there anymore if i'm going to support this university we need to change the flag but they just came out and started talking bad about the school yeah i haven't seen a whole lot of that what i, I read a lot on twitter and social media of the weekend and it was a whole lot of people recounting uh you know events that they or may or may not felt like they were profiled against but what i saw more often than not was people not blaming the university but blaming the same old, same old. Then why are there four stay. guys in the transfer portal between basketball and football because of it? Yeah, I. Right, but look, there, how many people are in the transfer portal before that? A shit ton of them. So I think it's easy to use that as an excuse. You will never know if that's the reason they did it. So let me ask you this. It, do you have to sit out a season if you're transferring for that reason? That's unprecedented. I think that I don't think they'd make them know, but you should because I mean I've seen people get turned down when their grandmother or their mom's been, you know, terminally ill. They've had to sit out a season. So I don't, you know, you you made the choice to like what Jim said to play for that school, and you know you knew that what that flag was, you know, and I don't I, I don't know I, I don't agree with the flag, and I I am glad they changed it one hundred percent, but I think it's easy to uh, posture now that that you know history's on your side. And so, hey, LSU just lost a big player in regards to everything that's going on, but not the flag, obviously, but the pandemic. Uh, Big-time linebacker Brooks, he was going to be a starter this year. So he up and goes in the transfer portal, and everybody's like, what the hell, what happened? In regards to the whole country going through this and people being sick, the guy wants to be close to his family in times like these. So he has decided to left, uh, leave LSU. Hey, on that very note, I got, I got one more quick thing, and I promise this is my last thing. When you talk about people that say, hey, I'm going to put my family first, the guy that is epitomizing that right now is Avery Bradley. He's got a young son that has respiratory issues. He is a rotation player on the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship, and the guy said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm sitting it out. Like, that dude legit put his family first, and shout-out to Avery Bradley. And then J.R. Smith came rolling in. <laughs> he said, I'm whooping his fucking ass. On that note, we're going to end the episode. All right, gentlemen, we'll be back next Monday with episode 12. If you have any ideas or topics you want us to discuss, leave them in the comments. Give us a like. Give us some stars. Give us some listens. More than anything, just give us some love. For In Off the Bench, we are out.